Continuing in John chapter 14 now. We've been going through John for quite a while. We're still at the Last Supper. We're going to be there for a while. John gives us four or five chapters out of the Last Supper. It's just a huge chunk that nobody else gives. Eyewitness, right? Glory. Glory. Jesus telling them over and over that he is soon to die. They're not really getting it. They don't really hear it, but he keeps telling them over and over, I'm going to die. The religious leaders are going to hand me over. I'm going to be crucified. Then he raises Lazarus from the dead. He's been dead for four days. He raises him, and Jerusalem goes nuts with the news because thousands and thousands of extra people have come to Jerusalem for the Passover week, right? Talk about perfect timing. So the place is going nuts for this news that Jesus raised somebody from the dead four days dead. So then as a part of that, literally the palm branch parade is a triumphant procession. They're welcoming him like a king into Jerusalem because of this Lazarus raising amazing miracle. At the same time, the nation's religious leaders are more and more openly looking to arrest Jesus, and almost everybody knows it, and they're plotting to put him to death. So we can talk about tension and trauma, different threads, right? The plot coming together, it's amazing. Now this is Thursday evening, the night before Jesus dies on the cross. And this supper has had already some bizarre moments, right, for the disciples. Jesus, shocker, got down his hands and knees and washed their feet like a lowly household servant. Blew their minds, Peter tried to stop it, Jesus said no, amazing. Then Jesus, obviously troubled after the foot washing, told the disciples that one of the twelve was going to betray him. That got them all stirred up. Every single one of them said, is it me? They were shocked. They didn't know. They had no clue it was Jesus. All stirred up. Now Jesus keeps on talking about going to the Father. And the disciples can't go with him. So there's getting more and more, uh, I don't know, grief and confusion and upset. What do you mean you're going to the Father? We can't come with you. And Peter goes after about that. I want to I go with you now. Why can't I now? It's, we, we can't. The more we put ourselves in their sandals and try and experience it with them, the more we realize that was the most overwhelming, crazy, wonderful two weeks anybody has ever experienced. And I think we need to give them a lot of grace for not getting it all right. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. So 
the disciples, Jesus talked about the Father all over the place, and the disciples can't go with him. Let's pick it up in John chapter 14. We're going to pick it up at verse 12, where we were last week. But we're going to slide from that into the new verse of verse 15. I just want to submit to you again, here's, here's a problem with how our, our modern-day Bibles are arranged for us. The Gospel of John was written as a handwritten letter to Christians. There were no chapter numbers, no chapter verse numbers. There was no white space and little subheadings along the way like we have. So our, our modern-day Bible separated verse 14 from verse 15. That's a problem. They go together. But we don't see it that way. We don't read it that way when we're looking at our Bibles. So that, that's how we're going to do it today. So you got your own Bibles. Maybe you're just on the screen. I don't know how. I never see without screen. I'm not a mom. I don't have eyes in the back of my head. <laughs> so... I'm just going to read it like a letter, verse 12. Jesus said, Last Supper, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Now, I'm sure the disciples are sitting there going, This is nuts. You're going away from us. You're going to the Father and telling, telling us that we're going to do greater things than you have done? We've seen the great things you've done for three years. How are we going to do greater things? Well, they'll understand. They'll get it later. But how are they going to do greater things? The Holy Spirit, Spirit is going to come. And he's going to bring with him the power and the presence of God, the love and the truth of God, the wisdom of God into their very being. That's never been the case before. Old Testament, the Holy Spirit has always come alongside and given power and gifts to individuals for certain special times. At Pentecost, he comes and lives inside every single believer. It's a whole new ballgame. So that's why Jesus says, a greater works than these are you going to do because I am going to the Father, then I can send the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So if you're asking a prayer in Jesus' name and you're, you're hoping expecting it to be answered, it needs to line up with who being glorified. It needs to line up with the Father being glorified. So when I go, oh, God, I want a red Maserati in Jesus' name. He might give me that if it in some way will glorify God's name. But the, so, so the first thing we need to know is that our prayers need to line up with the will of God uh, in the name of the Father to glorify him. Verse 13 Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, say it with me. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now your Bibles go stop, white space, some, some nice little subheading in there. No. Wipe that out of there. Go straight from this amazing kind of mind-blowing promise. Anything you ask in my, my name, I will do it. Then verse 15, he continues, he says... If you love me, say it with me, you will keep, keep my commandments. That's a part of this whole, if you ask it in my name, I'll do it. <clears throat> so if you ask things in the name of Jesus, here's a part of that whole, it's a relationship, people. It's not a magic wand thing. It's not a jump up and down a certain way. It's not sing a certain way kind of magic thing. It's a relationship. So Jesus says, you have a relationship with me and the Father. You ask anything in my name, and it will give you the glorifies the Father. I will do it. And here's kind of the relationship I'm talking about. 
a relationship where you love me, and that love for me shows itself in what? Go ahead and say it out loud. I know we're Lutherans. We're not Obedience. Say it with me. Obedience. Obedience. So if you, if you love me, you'll obey me. And if we have this love relationship that shows itself in obedience, and you care about the Father's name being glorified, then your prayer life is going to be really different than a lot of our prayer life is like a lot of times. Amen. I, I need to do a better job of making sure my prayers and my requests and all that stuff, that at the heartbeat of it is God glorify your name. And then they're a lot more likely to be answered. Amen? Amen. But uh, we're Lutheran. And I don't know what, it doesn't matter what brand you are in America, we just don't hear this. We don't hear this. If you love me, say it with me again, you will... Keep, Keep my, my commandments. Well, then we can, when we actually look at this verse, we start getting all stirred up. Oh, man. He's got like a million commandments. How can I do all that? Let's boil it down. Let's make it simple. Jesus likes to make it simple. Say glory. Glory. Make it simple for us. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 22. Just for a moment here. Pick it up at verse 34. There was an attorney, a wise attorney, and he asked Jesus an excellent question. Jesus gives a wonderful, simple, powerful answer. So verse 34 says, When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. So the Pharisees get all their heads. And they had some big heads. They were some really smart people here. One of them, a lawyer, an attorney, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, what is, say with me, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God. That's my tie here this morning. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then say it with me. And uh, second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, say this verse 40 with me. And you just think about it, receive it. We're going to boil, Jesus is going to boil down all the commandments into two. Can you remember two? Mm. Can you remember two? Yeah. Say, I can remember two. I can remember two. Verse 40, say it with me. On and these, these two, two commandments, commandments depend all the law and, and the, the prophets. prophets. The whole Old Testament and everything Jesus added to the commandments. You know what? Boil them all down to two. Love God. Love your neighbor. What if my neighbor's my enemy? <coughs> Me? Love them too. So, so well down. So, when, so when Jesus says to the disciples of the Last Supper, how did I go to Romans? Let's try this. No, he didn't. So he says to the disciples, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Let's not go, oh, there's too many people to think about. I'm not going to even try. Let's not do that. Let's say, Jesus, I do love you. I want to show you that love through my obedience. And here's what I'm going to work on every day. I'm going to work on 
loving you, awesome God, and I'm going to work on loving my neighbors. That's way simpler. Is that something we can do? Are we going to do it perfectly every day all the time? No. Some of our neighbors, even some of our family members, are not so normal. Sometimes they're not so easy to love. That's okay. What did Jesus teach us about the washing and the washing and stuff? He said, your whole life has been cleansed and washed by me. Now and then your feet, you get your feet dirty, you need your feet washed. So yeah, we're not going to be perfect at it all the time, but we're going to have this, this relationship with the Lord, and we're going to keep those commandments. We're going to love the Lord with everything we've got and love our neighbors too. These go together. If you... Jesus, if you ask anything in my name and it glorifies the Father, I'll do it. And that comes out of this relationship where you love me, and because you love me, you obey me. And that makes it even easier to answer your prayers. Now, he's not done with this. He's going to expand on it some more. He's going to make it really clear and wonderful for us. Say glory. Glory. Verse 16. And I will let, oh, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another helper. Now, helper is okay. That's that's paraclete in the Greek. It's counselor, it's comforter, it's all these different uh, words we try to put on it. But it's literally advocate. And we need to stick with that because he says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate. God has already given them an advocate. His name is Jesus. This advocate is literally, most literally, the use of the word is when you're standing before a judge and you're in trouble, you've broken the law, and you need somebody to stand alongside you and defend you and help you in front of the, the holy just lawgiver, the judge, the advocate is the one that comes alongside you and helps you out in that situation. Say, Jesus is my perfect and forever advocate. Jesus is my perfect and forever advocate. Because you're going to stand before the Father someday, and you're going to need somebody to explain how your sins have been covered and paid for and how you are actually a child of the Father and not uh, under his condemnation. And it's really good when the advocate standing next to you is the one who's actually paid your bill. What could be better, amen? Amen. So Jesus is our perfect forever advocate. And so Jesus says here, um, I'll, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. He's say, what, another advocate? It, one's not enough? Let's do two. Let's have two advocates, shall we? And who is that advocate going to be? To be with you, this advocate is going to be with you for how long? Forever? Even the ooh, spirit of truth. So you know elsewhere, later in the New Testament, Paul says that Jesus right now is interceding for you. He's praying for you to the Father. And you say, oh, isn't that sweet? Yes, it is. You know what Paul also says? The Holy Spirit's also doing that. What? Yeah. We have two advocates before the Father, and they're advocating for us, interceding for us right now, both of them, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Say glory to God. Glory to God. And the Holy Spirit's doing that forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Why doesn't the unbelieving world, why does it seem like they're just so completely opposed to everything we care about and believe in and teach us? Because they don't have who? They don't have Jesus. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They, they can't understand where we're coming from. Because we have the advocate and they don't. He says, you know him, the Holy Spirit, 
for he dwells with you and will be in you. When does that when does that glorious day happen? When's the moment when the Holy Spirit will be in the disciples? On Pentecost Sunday. You say, gee, wish we could have been there. Yeah, I do, but do you did we miss it because we weren't there that day? Come on. No. Holy Spirit's right here, right now. You believe in Jesus, he resides within you. You don't often think about it, do we? You often think about it? Holy Spirit, living right here. Dwells with you, will be in you. Verse 18, says, I will not leave you as orphans. I love this. Remember a couple Sundays ago when Jesus, Last Supper, what did he call the disciples? He said, little children. Call these rough and tumble fishermen little children. Here he says, hey, little children i'm not going to leave you as orphans it's going to feel like it tomorrow i'm going to die you're going to stick me in a a, a a rock tomb and it's going to feel like i've abandoned you like i've left you as orphans because you're my little children it's going to feel that way but it's not the truth don't always don't follow your feelings i know disney's told you a million times they're wrong and disney's so wrong now i wouldn't even tell you to buy their stuff amen but don't follow your heart. It leads you off a cliff a lot of times. Follow the truth in God's word. I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Does Jesus come to him after the cross? After he dies on the cross? Yeah, he did that thing on Easter Sunday morning. We say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And for 40 days, he showed himself to the disciples. You know, want to stick your finger in the holes? Just encouraging, building up their faith, right? He didn't leave them alone. He didn't leave them as orphans. He physically came back to encourage them. I'm alive. It's a real deal, resurrected. We're going forward, gentlemen. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so he says, I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come to you after I die and rise from you. I'll come and spend some time with you. Verse 19. Yet a little while in the world will see me no more. I'm going to die. And when I come back resurrected, I'm not going to show myself to them. Because they haven't believed, they haven't loved me. But you guys have, so I'm going to come to you in secret places and encourage your faith. When he came to the disciples, they were hiding behind locked doors, amen? Were they hanging out at the auditorium? Did Jesus show himself to everybody? Lock, stop, everybody? Did he walk down the streets of Jerusalem and go, woohoo, I'm alive? He did not. He showed himself only to the disciples, those who loved him. So he says, yet a little while the world will see me no more. And you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. That's some good news, amen? amen. In that day, you will know that I'm in the... Now, I think he's talking about Pentecost here. He says, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Because the Holy Spirit's going to do this flame dancing thing, and he's going to be speaking in tongues and all kinds of cool stuff. He says, you'll know. You'll know that I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he or she is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. That's pretty sweet. Right? I'm glad Jesus loves me. I'm, I'm super happy the Father loves me too. He's God Almighty after all. Amen? And I will love him. Say this with me. And manifest myself to him. <coughs> manifest? That's an excellent Bible word. It means reveal. 
show myself. We're getting deeper here, folks. What's Jesus telling the disciples in you and me? He says, you love me, um, you keep my commandments, you pray and you care about my glory and you care about you know, God's will being done. He says, here's the deal. Um, I will love you and I will manifest myself to you. I will keep on revealing to myself to you. I will keep on showing you who I am. I will keep on showing you things in my word that you haven't seen or figured out before. I'll keep on growing you in this love relationship we have until I bring you home. My dad's 91 years old. You know, he's still going to two Bible studies a week. Why is he, why is he doing that? Because he can't stop. I know it. Why is he doing that? Because Jesus still be manifesting himself to my dad. He's been going to Bible study his whole adult life. Still going to two of them. Because Jesus still be manifesting, revealing himself to him. Say glory. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, probably Thaddeus. We're just not really sure. They do some goofy things with names back then, right? Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him, say with me, and make our home with him. So Jesus, it is pretty simple. Judas, not Iscariot, here's how this works. If I move in with you tomorrow and then live with you the next five years, are we going to get to know each other better? Am I going to manifest, am I going to reveal myself to you and you're going to reveal yourself? We're going to get to know each other better. Amen? Amen. Jesus says, here's the deal. Father and I, Holy Spirit, we're moving in. And that's and so that's why you're going to get the manifestation. You're going to get revealed more and more because we're moving in with you. We're going to live together, love together. It's going to be amazing. The world is not inviting us to move in. Those folks are not invited. So they cannot receive the manifestation. They cannot receive the revelation. They cannot get to know who I am because they have not loved me and we are not moving in them. It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's pretty powerful. We'll come to make our home with him. That's amazing. 24. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And we're not moved in with him. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Jesus says, this isn't just me. The Father told me to share this with you. Now, I know the disciples are so weak. I can't think of absorb this. Understand it all. But they hung on to it. John remembered it enough to, to write it down for us. I don't know if he was taking notes when it happened. But this is word for word. So later on, they're unpacking it, right? And growing in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit are advocates for us. And they're all living inside us. They're making their homeless and they're manifesting, revealing more and more. It goes on and on and on and just. You want to double the wows. You want to put more and more wows in the margin of your Bible. You get tired of putting wow. You're just going like, unbelievable. That's crazy. That's amazing. Can you imagine this? Wow. 
all this forever? If you don't have Jesus yet, I don't know what you're waiting on. You don't want him to move in and reveal himself to you the rest of your life. That's your choice. I said, I put all this forever, and I just wrote myself, yes, please, and amen. Let's do this. Hallelujah. So say yes, and if you haven't before, say yes right now. To Jesus, the whole cross thing, I needed that. He did it for me. Jesus, come save me. Move in right now. Holy Spirit, come. I want to get to know you, Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit for help to love God more and love your neighbors more. <coughs> Ask God for help to get better at obeying, right? Keeping his commandments, amen? Ask him for help. Ask Holy Spirit to help you get to know Christ more. Say, give me some more of that manifestation thing. Show me some more in Jesus today. For, for what purpose? So we can shine and glorify our Father in heaven like we prayed for me this morning. I want, I want people encounter me, I want them in some way, shape, or form know that I've got Father God in me and Jesus and Holy Spirit. I want them to encounter God. And so we can glorify the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit more every day. Until we see Jesus come out of the clouds to take us home. He's, they've made their home in every believer right now today in this place. But this is not our home home. One day the trumpet's going to blow and we're going to see him come in the clouds. And he's going to take us to our home home. Until then, he wants to manifest more of himself to you and me. He wants us to grow in Christ Jesus and his love. He wants our love for him to grow and our obedience to grow so we our lights shine brighter and brighter and brighter in a world where it's getting darker. Is it easier for to see a light in this dark world? It's getting easier all the time. Let's receive this. I know the disciples were overwhelmed and maybe we are a little too. Let's, let's pray. Okay, Jesus. We want our prayer life to just go way deeper. We want to pray into your will in ways that glorify the Father. In Jesus' name, as we love you and obey you, so that this relationship thing is just cooking like crazy. And it's more and more natural for our prayers to be answered by you in, in wonderful and powerful ways. And we want to get to know you, Jesus, more every day. We want to be going to Bible studies until the trumpet no matter how old we are, how young we are, whatever, how many commentaries we have on our show, it doesn't matter. More Jesus, more you. And we're so humbled, Father, that you would invite Jesus and the Holy Spirit to intercede for us every day. And we're so glad, Father, that one day we're going to stand before your throne, your great white throne of judgment, and we're going to have this beautiful, perfect advocate standing next to the same Father. This is one of ours. One of our little children. And we didn't leave him as an orphan. We came to them, we moved in, and we lived in them. Until we brought them home.
So Holy Spirit, move if there's someone here today who has not yet said, Jesus, save me and save me now and forever. And let it happen right now and say yes to Jesus. And for that person who says yes, and for every single one of the rest of us who has Jesus, we say, God, more. Show us more. Grow us more. And may our light shine in a way that draws more unbelievers to Christ Jesus before it's too late. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, Amen. 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 I love this stuff. The Holy Spirit is so huge in the Last Supper. Jesus, from here on out, He's all talking Holy Spirit. So we're going to sing this hymn. We changed it to uh, 153. Is it on the screen, Lynn? 153? Yeah. Okay. Just pull your hymnals out. They're, uh, it's that book thing underneath the chairs, the racks underneath the chairs in front of you. You might need some help dispersing some back there. In the sure. You got them back there? Let's stand up. And this is it's a hymn, but it's really more like it's a prayer. It's a request. We're asking God, fill, fill me now. Holy Spirit, fill me. This came out, you might you might not be shocked, this came out of a revival about 150 years ago when the Holy Spirit was moving. That's where this hymn came from. So let's make our own prayer. Let's try it. Holy Spirit, bathe my trembling heart and brow. Fill me with thy hallowed presence, God. Oh, come and fill me now. Fill me now. Fill me now. Jesus, come and fill me now. Fill me with thy hallowed presence, God. Oh, come. Lord Jesus, you told us to ask, seek, and knock, and you said when you knock and you ask for the Holy Spirit, the Father will not deny that request. So as we sang that hymn, every single one of us who actually was praying and asking, Holy Spirit, fill me now, you said yes. So mighty God, release a new, fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit in and upon and through your people now. We have asked, and we have sought, and we have knocked, and you have answered. Glory, God. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, look upon you with his favor and keep you in his peace as he fills you with his Holy Spirit and makes his home in you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.